0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wednesday Night Rewind, Wallop Rewind, whatever. Ryland Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you?
1: I'm, I'm doing okay. Like things don't be too optimistic. Now here's the thing: don't be. T- things are good, except that I had to spend two hours of my life watching this show.
0: Yes, and this was one you chose, too. So, like, you, you did this to us this time. Usually we can start the show by blaming me for some sort of chicanery that has made you uh, watch WCW 2000. But I almost I almost feel like you would have rather watched 2000 WCW.
1: I feel like, there, like the thing about this show, and we're going to get into the details when we do, but the thing about this show that was so surprising was how, like, uninteresting it was. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just, none of the matches were bad in, like, a car crash kind of way. Like, we've watched some WCW 2000, and we can always be, like, expected, like, there's going to be bad matches, but then there's going to be bad matches that are so, like, terrible that they go into, like, a comedy zone of their own. Think, like, uh, Scott Steiner's title run. Yes, yes. Um, But this was... It was. It was just. It was so boring. The show in question we are talking about
0: in your house for Great White North. It was live from Winnipeg, Manitoba. In uh, this was the first October pay per view that uh, WWE ever put on. Um, Is that the old, old barn. Um, The old barn. Kyle, did you choose
1: this because it was a Winnipeg show? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I wanted to see what because uh, I. So I made I think exactly one trip to the old barn um no no i was there twice i was there for a manitoba moose game once while that was a thing um and i was there for a garth brooks concert those were my those were my trips to the old barn um and like those things happened around like pretty around this time um i think the 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 moose game would be a little bit later but like maybe like, you know, 99, 2000 around there. This was, um, like, this arena was, like, I'll, I'll say this. For all of the things that I think went wrong with the original incarnation of the Jets and how I do believe the NHL didn't exactly fight hard to try to keep them, which was a, a darn shame, this arena did not help
0: no no it did not just climbing those stairs as higher as high as you could go the steeper it got everywhere like this was an era kyle where men just pissed into a trough like animals Uh uh-huh it was isn't that the most horrifying thing you you as a young boy you just go to the bathroom thinking everything's gonna be normal
1: i mean and like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot with this arena the location of it like compared to the location of where the the current one is uh which is far more central this one is uh near the the large mall in in winnipeg near where the the old uh football stadium used to be too which was an awkward location for that as well like i don't know uh, MTS Center is, or I guess the what is it, Candle Life Center now. Yes. Um, much, much better locale for these types of events.
0: Certainly, certainly. Uh, Kyle, I got one fact. Uh, Rob was indisposed this month, so I, I garnered one fact for this show. Uh, and it is simply that the main event happened, and as soon as it ended, Vince threw his headset off. He was on commentary. We're going to talk about that um and said fucking horrible just fucking horrible and honestly i don't disagree i don't disagree but with that being said kyle you miraculously got 10 things about this show to talk about i i cut myself off off at seven in an honorable mention um because my lord like this this just didn't have enough enough muster for me so please tell me tell me your honorable mentions
1: uh, I do have one honorable mention. I probably could have come up with a few more. Uh, I'm I found out in real time um, before we started recording that the 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 um, ring announcer slash backstage interviewer was P.S. Hayes. No idea, unrecognizable. Um, but my honorable mention was in fact involving uh, P.S. Hayes or was it Doc Hendricks? What did he? they call yes. him? Yes
0: doc hendrix
1: sure was the life-size cutouts oh yeah this was so bizarre but now are there people who are out there who would have wanted a life-sized version of sean michaels in their home Yes, undoubtedly that is, that is a, a, it's
0: a very nineties thing. Like that is, that's like, that's like plastic furniture. Like
1: those people exist and I acknowledge that they exist, but good Lord, those things were terrifying. I can't like what I can't imagine is I can't imagine like going into work one day if you're Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels and seeing that and wondering just sort of shaking your head at the whole thing. I can't imagine it was I, I want to know the people who looked at that and was like, I- I'm so excited to have a life size cut out of myself.
0: Maybe back then that was like the the uh, the feeling you got when uh, you, you had an action figure made like what the current feeling is, I guess. Maybe. I mean, they had action figures back then, but they were just all trash. Um, yeah, so that that, was, that's your honorable mention. That was
1: my honorable mention. Uh, what was yours?
0: Doc Hendricks was terrible. He was just tear. <laughs> he was just just juiced to the gills. Just always yelling. Like his little interview with Diesel. I didn't even hear what Diesel said before Diesel walked out. But like he's wearing that ridiculous Diesel Shawn Michaels T-shirt. Which, oh, by the way, also the merch sucked back then. That was that was twenty dollars. Yeah. Good lord. So, yeah, Doc Hendricks was terrible, is my honorable mention.
1: That's fair. That's a that's a good honorable to mention. Um, I'll rattle through my first three, because they have nothing to do with matches. But okay. I do want to get your takes on all of these things. Okay. My number ten was the press conference hotline is so very ni- 90s WWF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, who... Who asked for this? And it, and if you cannot answer that, why did this why did whoever it was ask for this?
0: You know what dude, this was something they were doing at WCW as well. Like the Nitro hotline was a big deal. That's that's where people went to get like the dirt you would get on any wrestling news website now. Is that's where you'd go.
1: Yeah, but it's it's run by the company.
0: That's right so the same
1: reason like it's a, you don't get dirt from the company who's running it it was and you had to pay like a dollar fifty I can't imagine those some of those phone bills for some of the hardcore fans yes because there was they were going for hours oh like, yeah the whole, the whole the show, duration of
0: this pay-per-view
1: pretty much I can't imagine people calling into that thing and you know listening to these answers from well, they're basically you know, bonus promos i guess i don't know and just watching the wrestlers having to come out of their matches and hold those red phones uh it was it was peak 90s comedy for me (laughs) the commentary in this my number nine um okay i i have gone on record as never having been a fan of jerry lawler i don't think a thing that he's done has aged particularly well with maybe the exception of andy kaufman ironically um huh he was he was not particularly fun in this show and he wasn't my the worst part of this show for me one jr they didn't seem to have a great place for i think both jr and lawler do improve once vince isn't there not that vince is a bad commentator necessarily but vince was too much in this show
0: I I am gonna talk about that when we get when we get into my lists because I, I do have a comment about that but it, it it's interesting,
1: it's interesting. Uh, because oh and I'll say this the trait that probably bugged me more than anything was him declaring matches to be over before they were just wait for yeah. the three count like you don't have to say you know oh, that's in a three count no it isn't especially like there's, this this wasn't even finish your spamming or anything like that this is just like. Would do a sidewalk slam. Oh, that's gotta be enough. Anyway, that's, the, that was my number nine. The, the commentary was, was a bit much. My number eight is they made Shawn Michaels fly to Winnipeg to look sad.
0: And did he ever? Holy I, God.
1: This was so bizarre.
0: So I believe what the backstory was to this was he was beaten up in a bar. Hence the the black eye and or the the discolored eye and just him d- uh, giving up the title to begin with. I believe what the pro- the idea was was that um, he basically wasn't going to be able to work for a few weeks, months, whatever, and that was what they were doing here. However, if you ask Shane Douglas. Uh, It was a lot of scheming with him and Razor Ramon behind the scenes to get to where this whole thing went down. There is a story behind this, and I encourage everybody to, you know, broaden your horizons. Shane Douglas is not somebody I like to listen to because I think he's a little bit full of himself and he thinks he's a lot better than he actually was. But it's an interesting story. Um, I, I did not realize that Winnipeg was the locale for the, you know, the match and and everything that went down, apparently behind the scenes, like I guess the the end point rather, um but yeah, it's it's it was something
1: it sure was something this was very, very bizarre, but yeah, I guess a way of do getting the title from one face to another, I guess, but yeah, having Michaels there felt so like tr and ironically. He got one of the biggest pops of the night.
0: Oh yeah. Michaels was at that at that point was at the top of his game, babyface wise. And he was getting great reactions. He was having a great run with the IC title. It was just, you know, he, the, the backstage attitude of him was that he'd be the type of guy to get beat up in a bar.
1: Number seven. Uh let's you wanna do yours, number seven? Yeah, sure.
0: Uh I I'll start with um Vince on commentary. I look, I I can understand how you feel like he might have been too much, but honestly, he was the best commentary commentator on that that cuz I you know what's funny is I used to love Jerry Lawler, but I was a kid and I was kind of misguided as to what was funny and what wasn't. And I guess the the late 90s was a different culture, but going back and watching a lot of his work is just cringe-worthy now and this stuff was pretty terrible too. There wasn't I, even I a women's Vince. match.
1: Like it it says something that Jerry Lawler was intolerable and there wasn't even a women's match.
0: It's true. Um, I thought Vince, while I certainly do agree at times he was a bit much and I, and I do agree with that, that uh, calling the match before it's over. I always enjoy Vince on commentary. I always think it's kind of a breath of fresh air considering what we're used to now. And like, I always felt like he did a decent job doing it. So I I was not on the same side with you on this. I thought Vince was halfway decent, and oh. every time, every time he said, "We're live and friendly, Manitoba." I just I popped huge for that every he, time. He
1: came up with he like I will give him credit for doing his Winnipeg homework. Um, because yeah, he 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 did genuinely seem to know. Uh, at least enough things that he was going to be able to get through his commentary gig. Like, I'll say this. I have not. I don't think that I like I've never had too many issues with Vince on commentary before. I don't think he's a bad commentator. I just thought this was not his best showing.
0: Fair enough. That's totally fair. I mean, honestly, the show itself, I I could see how you would feel that way.
1: We'll move on to the matches. Uh, That's where I'm ready to get into a match. Number seven. Mabel and Yokozuna was so bad. Yeah. It was yeah, a it was. truly unwatchable match. I think between them, they took about seven bumps. They couldn't get back into the ring without using the ring steps. Like, yeah, I, I'll say this. I think there's benefit to having a Yokozuna or a Mabel, less so Mabel, just because of his, um, his issues with, with um, hurting workers. But I think there's benefit to having like that, a guy of that size that you can have somebody else wrestle against. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, not even, I'll, I'll, I'll use an example, not even like girth wise. We just saw a match this past weekend with a guy who's very limited within the almost against Seth Rollins. And it was a tremendous match. Like, uh, ultimately, the thing—and I, I understand that, you know, like, obviously, when you put two guys— like, I, I don't feel like the Omos versus a guy the size of Mabel or Yokozuna would be a good match. It's hard to to do those those types. It's more of a spectacle than it is match, and this was not even a spectacle.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this. The other problem with this particular match was— the end. The ending didn't wasn't good. It was a bad decision. I guess they wanted to get them to you know be friends or whatever. It, this was, this was not good.
0: Yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. And that that is my number six. So I'll continue on. Terrible match. Terrible match. I don't know what the idea was here. Like I don't know if you thought that. It, like again, going back to what I said before. Like it was the thought process. This would be a spectacle, because if it if that was the thought, I think you should have probably put it somebody who could work like, like, not again, I've always been a fan of Yoko more so than you, but like, I'm a fan of Yoko when he's in there with somebody like a Shawn Michaels or in there with somebody who can bump around for him and make him look incredible. Um, and also, like, I, there are moments, uh, especially in the earlier 90s, where I feel like he was a lot more agile. This is not a good look for Yoko, though. As soon as they paired him with Owen Hart and they put him with Jim Cornette, like, it was to protect him. And unfortunately, there was no n- nothing about this match that protected either worker.
1: This this match felt every one of its five minutes.
0: Absolutely, it did.
1: And Yoko was gassed by the end of it. And it's sad. It Like, the thing about this is, I'll say this. Looking back at how many of the people who participated in the show are no longer with us is really sad. Yeah, agreed. And for both of those gentlemen uh, in particular, very, very sad. It's amazing. Uh, Dustin Rhodes is still wrestling. Yes. Yes. We'll get to it. Actually, I'm going to him next. Okay. All right. The debut of Goldust. Wow. Okay.
0: Yes, I did not realize this was the debut of Goldust until Vince piped that in. Yeah.
1: Um, the the entrance was a bit much, uh, you know, it's goes with the character. It was a bit, you know, long and a bit, whatever, but uh, I thought that he was fine. Jannetty was a perfectly good person to put him against. Like this was, this wasn't good, but it was perfectly okay. And it's surprising to me how much, like, cause they'd only introduced the character a few months before and it's surprising to me how much of what we came to know as gold dust he had nailed right out of the gate
0: that that's just it like it dustin rhodes is a, like ever a great performer and gold dust is a character who i feel like we've had great times with gold dust and bad times with gold dust but you're right like off the gate or out of the gate he he started really 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 hot it's funny and I, I this is a, a, a i i have this on my list as well a little bit further down um But I'll say this, I thought that uh, it was interesting Vince is describing him as 262 pounds and I just didn't buy it with the the robe on. Once he removed the robe, and we all know Dustin Rhodes is a fairly tall guy, I believed the 262. He was a big, big guy and that outfit was not in any way, shape or form like flattering. So like he looked 262.
1: This was yeah, I I think ultimately it worked out to be a very good showing. Uh, That was my number, that was my number six. Uh, What was your number five?
0: Diesel and Bulldog. I I put that behind Goldust and Marty Jannetty because, well, it was a better, it was a worse match. Uh, This was a terrible main event like this was not in any way shape or form a a main event caliber match and diesel struggled in his run as champion but i mean like it's unfortunate because again i think at this point in bulldog's career he was more about the partying lifestyle than he was about the working lifestyle and we've seen plenty of bulldog matches in his career where he has great matches. It's not an uh, uncommon thing for him to have a good match. It's just, unfortunately, at this point, he, he might have been a little bit too far gone to to be able to perform. And Diesel, unfortunately, like Kevin Nash, God bless him. But he, uh, he was never a great worker himself. And this was just slams and holds and and there was nothing to it there was no substance to it they had terrible chemistry with one another and like again it comes down to like i don't agree with vince mcmahon on much but this was a terrible match to the point where apparently kevin nash returned to the locker room and apologized to the locker and the locker room and the rest of the staff for how bad of a match that was
1: yeah this was just yeah it just wasn't it we'll get to it for mine um I thought it, I put it higher because I thought it was more meaningfully, um, bad. My number five is a bit of a, a bit of an aside, but so they build Trip, Triple H, Hunter Hurst Helmsley at the time, as being from New Haven, Connecticut, which is fine. But like, one, he's from New Hampshire, which is not far off from there. So I don't know why he couldn't have just sort of talked like himself, because I think he was trying to do a British accent. It was real bad. Yeah. What he was going for was like
0: your, your God, your suburban New Yorker, right? Like the, oh, yes. Trump, yeah. Indeed. yeah. Well, I mean, that's but, the thing. And it it's just, like,
1: and I can understand the sophisticated accent. I mean, like, I can understand him trying to do a transcontinental one or something Hunter, else along those lines. This, Hunter Hertz Hamsley, Esquire. Yes. Like there's there's ways to do it. This was was not it.
0: I I think this was him bringing out over Jean-Paul Levesque from WCW and then trying to work it out on this scene. That's what I think it was. Initially in the beginning it's the same character really yeah. just uh without Regal and and whoever else with him. So like I I don't know. I I, I agree with you, but uh go on. I'm sure
1: there's you've got more to oh, say. Oh, I th- I think he he missed Regal. Like I I do think regal yes. would have added something to this that that this felt like it was lacking um we'll move on to that was my number five we'll move on to your number four
0: uh i had gold Dust and marty janetti here uh man marty janetti just bumped all over the place for this guy like for all the terrible things and we can and will say about marty janetti like in this point of his career like he was a good worker And he made Goldust's debut look great. I love the fact that it wasn't a it wasn't just a squash match like they gave Jannetty quite a bit in this. And this match went like, what, 11 to 15 minutes like it wasn't this wasn't, you know, your standard opening, uh, you know, or sorry, debut match where the guy wins in 60 seconds. So I thought they worked really well together. Um, I thought Goldust looked just fine; like he's always been good. Like I've never complained about a, a Dustin Rhodes match, and I'm sure there's ones out there I just haven't watched them. The TNA days as Black Rain I've heard have just been were just terrible. Um, however, no, I, I thought this was good. Uh, I thought it was weird to see Goldust win with like a reverse suplex. That's all it was. He yeah. picked him up for the vertical, dropped him face down, and that's that was the match. Yeah, it was a suplex, I guess again, Buster he hasn't he hadn't figured out a finisher at that point i suppose but that's fine like it was what it was and again at the time period you're in in that time period rather you were i guess i guess more used to seeing stuff like that happen
1: yeah
0: um i but i thought it was a really serviceable match and a good debut for Goldust. so
1: yeah 100 my number four people sleep on or like I find with these shows that people talk about, especially the main event always gets a lot of like attention for how, whether it's really good or really bad, it gets the focus of the attention for you know, how people feel about, about the match and everything like that, or about the show as a whole. And I get that, but we're sleeping on the fact and people sleep on the fact that Triple H and Fatu was so boring, and the crowd didn't care at all. This was this was not good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I like, and what's what's so interesting is that unlike a lot of the characters in this show, who you know we're not that far out from the Attitude Era at this point, and you know Marty Jannetty and. Dean Douglas, although he left the company, but, you know, Marty Janetti, Dean Douglas, k- even King Mabel to a degree, Bart Gunn, like a lot of these guys, they were around, but they didn't really factor. Henry Godwin. They were around, but they didn't really factor into what we consider to be the Attitude Era. Um, That's not really true for both of these two. That's true. And yet. There's something about this that just didn't, didn't feel like it worked. Like, I thought Triple H's character, I think he went from this to DX in, t- what, two years? Yeah. That's quite the, it's quite the come up. Um, yeah, cause Curtain Call is a year from this, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. I, like, honestly, it's, it's weird to say this. That might have been the best thing that ever happened to his career.
0: Yeah, you know what? You, looking back on it, you're right. Like, you've heard the stories of how he was punished for it, but I think taking that punishment really proved, to you know, how much this guy's willing to endure having to put over Ultimate Warrior at and, WrestleMania in under 10 seconds.
1: And then having to reinvent his character. Yes, right. That's that's right. Which is such an important part of his story that I think can, can get overlooked a little bit because, yeah. yeah it was, that was an important stage of this. Um, but yeah, this match was not good.
0: And, My number three is, uh, sorry, go on.
1: Oh, and, you know, Triple H won, and it was, it was what it was. But yeah, this was, this, man, it, what's interest what's so interesting about it is that between the two, Fatu was closer to what we came to know as Rikishi in this. Like the attitude's very similar, right? Right, but it just doesn't. the The package isn't there yet, and again, of, he would of go all th-
0: through another character before yeah. he got to Rikishi.
1: Yeah, he was the Sultan, and that was also not good. <laughs> but you know, it, it's so interesting. Again, of all things, too cool, right? Mm-hmm. That what did it? The the sort of go looking back and seeing what it is that is the thing that gets the push over. Um, it's very interesting to think about. But yeah, that was, that was sort of my number, my thoughts on this. Number four. The match was bad, but like, I don't think either of these guys look back on it too sadly
0: uh i also have triple h and fatu at number three uh terrible terrible opener opening match like again i'm gonna contrast to this past weekend's backlash like the opening match bianca belair and eos guy arguably was the best wrestling match on the show
1: and the thing about it is that smoking guns versus one two three kid and razor ramon would have made for a much better opener
0: and we'll talk about that match too, uh, but no, you're 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 not wrong when you say this was a terrible match, and you're right. It's so weird to think that just a couple of years from this point, Triple H would be completely different, and Rikishi would be in the works. Like yeah. this is uh, certainly like when you look back on these early days of these characters, it's it's funny to kind of see the beginnings, uh, the humble beginnings, and then obviously where they an- ended up getting to.
1: I mean nothing nothing I think is more jarring than seeing the debut of Rocky Mayave. It's true. But <laughs> but this a lot of this stuff was pretty close. And that's it's so interesting the difference between, you know, Hunter Hearst, Helmsley, and Goldust, who just sort of nailed it right off.
0: hmm Yeah. Um Year number three.
1: The tag match was it was good. Like I it wasn't a great match, but one, two, three kid had a lot of fire. Ramo- Razor Ramon is always a, a good worker, and the guns are solid, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about this match later for me, but yeah, I agree.
1: This this was perfectly fine. I thought the story for it was interesting. I thought, yeah, seeing one, two, three kids over, you know, overexcited trying to get the win and, and get rolled up and everything, I think that was interesting. That's an interesting storyline direction, especially with Razor getting the IC title later. But yeah, this was this was of every match on this show, this was the one that I unequivocally came out of feeling the best about. I agree with you. That's my number three, but and that's the thing. That's about the nicest thing I've got to say about this show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my number two, Kyle, is Razor versus Dean Douglas. Uh, obviously, the the Shawn Michaels shenanigans in the beginning of it were strange, very strange. And, uh, I think the only thing about this match that was good was the fact that Dean Douglas had the title taken off of him right away. Um, Razor, like you said, great worker, but he had already wrestled a pretty decent match on this card. And I mean, I I mean, you're working with a guy like Dean Douglas, who I've never personally seen anything in, um, Maybe probably more in his ECW run. There was probably more there, yeah. but I haven't I haven't gone and, and looked at it yet. Right, so like that's yet to be determined. But as Dean Douglas, like this was pretty fucking brutal. Um, this wasn't the worst match on the card, but it certainly wasn't the best. And uh, as much as like uh, I want to praise it because I love Razor, he this he wasn't even making this match good.
1: So. We'll get to this one later for me. Okay. Where right. I have to start, because I can't talk about this in my number one. I just can't bring myself to put it there. Diesel and Bulldog. Here's what I'll say about this. I feel like with everything that happened during the match, there was a serviceable eight-minute match that was there. And it took 18 that's what i got for you it's this oh it was it fell apart
0: like really badly like i watched this prep match probably two or three times kyle and it fell apart because i i I had was watching it in chunks and then i fall asleep and i come back to it so i probably sat through this match three
1: times it fell apart so it just I don't have anything for this like to say, aside from, this just wasn't very good. And it wasn't like... And again, there were moments of it, but it just it was too long. It was you know, Bulldog had some fire at the start, but not nearly enough to carry it on. There were so many rest holds. And it's like, I get telling the story of going after the leg. Like, I do think that's an interesting story. But it was it was like that started about in minute three of this match and just kept going, and then the finish was awful too. Like, like I I do love that they managed to put a turd cherry on this turd Sunday by having Brett come out and attack him for no reason.
0: Well, I think at the time they were feuding. Like the the Jerry Lawler was managing Isaac Yanking. so.
1: But oh, no! But, not uh, not attacking Lawler, not going after Lawler, go, attacking Diesel, or oh, oh sorry, yeah. attacking Bulldog. I mean, and th- yeah. Well, Bull so like the story Diesel.
0: of this was that D- Bulldog had turned the week before, and and turned on Diesel and and aligned with Cornet and 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 the rest. Right. Um. But it was a week ago. There was not
1: even enough time and, to really build this like, match. So no wonder it's. And that's the big problem. Is like. You're going... That's not knowing your market. Bulldog isn't Canadian. But by this point, he might as well have been. Yeah, right. You're not going to get fans to really boo him in, in Canada. Like, they booed Cornette a bit. And Diesel was super over.
0: Yeah, he was.
1: <laughs> and that was, the, <laughs> that was about, the one thing I took out
0: of it, that match was like,
1: wow, people really love the Diesel. The crowd carried this match in a way that I didn't expect it was going to. <laughs> But because I mean, that was the thing about it. For a lot of the show, the crowd wasn't super into it. Like, I don't think the crowd knew what to make of the gold dust thing. I think the crowd was super into seeing Razor. Anytime he was on the screen, they were right. they were psyched to see him. But Triple H and Fatu was silent, and that's a bad sign for the the opening match. Yeah. Uh, and, but they were so into Diesel, man. And and Bulldog got a decent reception too. Like. They came alive for the main. The main just didn't deliver.
0: This was. It certainly did not. This
1: was. Yeah. This whole that that whole thing was was very bizarre. Uh, diesel power. Um, yeah. It didn't. It didn't work.
0: Did you catch what he said to Doc Hendricks? Did you? No, I did missed you, it. At all? Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll, that'll have to go unanswered.
1: Um, I, I guess I'm assuming you. This is your number one. Uh, what, what diesel and, and
0: uh, no, I know I did that one already oh you're right
1: uh your number one's the tag match
0: my number one is the tag match I thought that this tag match was years ahead of its game y- you are not wrong when you say that the one two three kid had a lot of fire the guns were great that's the, like Billy Gunn was d- flying around the ring Bart Gunn was did doing everything he could do looked fine razors great we all know that what's funny is i think two months later i because i i as i said i fell asleep many times watching this pay-per-view um fairly i think um but two months later razor and one two three kid aren't even they're not even aligned with one another anymore one two three kid has gone heel and i believe i woke up this morning to razor putting a diaper on him after beating him in a match So that's where that storyline got to. But no, in the bell time that this match got, I think they got like, what, 14 minutes? Something like that, yeah. They were great. From beginning to end, everything was great. All the selling that... You know what? Sean Waltman does not get enough credit to how good of a worker he always was. Mm. Like, this is a guy who's carried multiple people through matches, Kane included. And... You know, like, again, like, I always feel like the, he he gets kind of undersold because he was the small guy in DX. But, like, this guy was one of the workhorses of that, you know, 90s period where a lot of the wrestling, as we've come to discover, was very boring. So I thought this tag match was really, really good. Uh, the best thing on the show for me, bar none. Um, and, you know, the only thing I think that would have made me appreciate this match a little bit more was uh if we got to see Razor and 123 kid win the tag belts but you know I digress
1: i don't think they needed it with him winning the ic belt later also I, I did and uh, we're going to get to that's actually where my number 1 is going is that ic title match cuz it it fascinates me a lot of this razor was super over the match was okay i i wasn't as low on it i think as you were but it wasn't good by any stretch um, fun fact, and this is a, a really interesting fun fact for you. Did you know this is the shortest IC title reign of all time? You know, it makes sense. Yeah, it sure does. It was, you know, about 15 minutes. The The match itself, and I guess the, the he he had it for Razor's entrance as well.
0: Oh, there you go. Okay, fair enough.
1: Because, you know, then, or, and he had it for as long as it took sh- sad Shawn Michaels to leave the ring. So I think all told the match is eleven minutes. All told that's probably about fifteen.
0: Yeah. I'd say yeah, so there you go. A fifteen minute title reign. Wow. Wow. That I is never a fun got fact. it
1: back. Either no. well,
0: he left the company, I think, by the end of the year.
1: Yeah. So that is his that is Dean Douglas's one and only title reign. He is the shortest uh pers- the shortest um reign of all time. And the only person to hold it for less than one day, Zack Ryder, uh had a one day title reign. Right, right. So the, the only person to hold it less than one day as their only title ring. I, the other people did hold it for less than one day. I believe Keane held it for less than one day. Okay. But yeah, uh, there's your fun fact.
0: Kyle, uh, unless you've got more to say about that match.
1: Not really. Like, yeah, this, this show is cursed, man. And Yeah, this is a bad one. This era was not... And, and that's the thing. What's was interesting about watching this show, if I'm going to take a positive away from it, is it seeing the pieces sort of starting to fall into place. The I- irony of it is that Razor Ramon and Diesel would have the pieces fall into place in a different company. Yeah. But you start to, see, you get to see a little bit of Bart Gun. You get to see a bit of a one, two, three. You get to see gold dust and Triple H is kind of a, an odd one, but yeah, but it's, it is so tainted by the remnants of the cursed year that was 1995 that it just didn't really get going. Only 90,000 just... people bought this show, by the way.
0: What shocks me is you had Brett there, yeah. but you had him wrestle a dark match. Yeah. Brett. Like, a Brett match would have been refreshing as all hell. Even if it was a mid-card match against, like, fucking Yoko or or something. Like, it would yeah. have been refreshing.
1: Brett versus, like, I know you didn't want to beat Helmsley. And this is the problem. I guess the problem was they didn't have a guy to have him face. I don't think they wanted him to. They wanted him to face Diesel after it, so he probably would have needed a win. They didn't want him to beat a debut in Goldust. Though I think that might have done more for Goldust. Then, then having then, yeah and yeah. then beating Jannetty um Mabel and Yokozuna he could only like he's not a magician um but Owen was there too yeah he was
0: like they could have Brett versus Owen for no fucking reason because it's Canada yes like that that's all you need you're in Canada you can do Brett and Owen yeah why not oh my god Kyle this this honestly Kyle I got a 1.25 for this show the 1.25 for the tag match
1: uh, I can't even go that high. I will give credit where credit is due. A lot of these people worked hard. In particular, a uh, tip of the cap to Razor Ramon on this show. Yes. He clear MVP. Uh, for his efforts, he, this gets a one. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of this was, like, again, there was interesting. I, like, again, some of this stuff was interesting. It just wasn't exciting. And that's the thing. It's like I will. I can still be entertained by a bad show. This was just so boring,
0: Kyle. Before we get into the social medias, uh, I want to make the announcement as to what the next month's rewind is going to be. I've picked this, uh, and we're gonna the the rewind is gonna be. There's gonna be some changes made, but we'll stay. We'll stay tuned for that. We'll we'll have announcements and and whatnot coming. Um, But Kyle. WWF invasion is the next show. We are going to sit down and view. Oh boy. We are going to 2001. That is currently the era of uh, wrestling that I'm watching while I'm sleeping. That's that's, that was like my introduction to wrestling was, uh, stone cold being a bad guy. And that like few month build until the WCW ECW invasion comes full swing. We're going to have the talk about the first pay-per-view out of that, uh, so, uh, I mean, Kyle, are you excited? Do you want to? Do you want to go through the card right now?
1: I'm looking at it right now. Oh,
0: let's God. let's talk about it. Let's 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 do a some, little preview.
1: Some of this is looking really bad. First of all, I can't. You know, for everything I will say about this, the alliance was a terrible idea.
0: Uh, yes, yes. I I, it's, I certainly look back on it with rose-colored glasses. But uh, what what what? Like, let, let's going through the card. What are you looking forward to?
1: Uh, Kidman and X Pac.
0: Okay, okay. That, that I seems, didn't even remember that was on there. That
1: seems interesting. Um, oh God, Earl Habner versus Nick Patrick. Oh,
0: Yes, no. yes. Oh no.
1: I forgot about that. Um, RVD and Jeff Hardy probably good. Hardcore yes, that is that. Uh,
0: that is actually a very good match. That is probably the match of the night.
1: There are pieces in the the main event, but oh, that timestamp is making me a little nervous here. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just this is oh god. Here's a, here's a cursed m- match for you. It's it's short, but Chris Canyon, Hugh Morris, and Sean Stasiak versus Albert the Big Show and Billy Gunn. That's the get everybody on the card match. Let me tell there
0: you. There you go. There you go. And this was Billy Gunn fresh out of the New Age Outlaws because I believe at this point Road Dogg had been released.
1: Ah, uh, this show looks cursed. Although, like, I think it's gonna—it's not gonna be bad as this one. It's yeah,
0: Th- there, there you, you'll have you'll have, a, you'll have a, at least a real banger in RVD and Jeff Hardy to look forward to.
1: I'm intrigued by Edge and Christian versus Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, but again, alliance was a bad idea.
0: With all that being said, Kyle, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to our podcasts where they can find us on social media?
1: They can find us on Twitter at WM Wallop, Instagram WM Wallop, Facebook Wednesday at Wallop. Search that, you'll find uh, my name. You'll find Ryland's name. That is us. If you want to find me on Twitter, it has changed because I got tired of spelling it out. It is at Kyle Wallop. Wow! God damn! It's been five fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
0: I was that's a there's a shocker right there, Kyle Wallop. All right,
1: I only used I only really use Twitter for this, so yeah, I might as well. Uh, why don't you tell the people about your Twitter?
0: But you can find uh, me at at r y a m sport report. Uh, you can find all of our podcasts on Deezer, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you can really find podcasts. You can find us. And uh, with all that being
1: said, Kyle, send the people home happy. Thank you so much for listening to this all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you and you have been rewound. You've been listening to a wallet media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at wallet media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop, and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spear, and you can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by ACAST. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice, or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.